0: Mom? Good morning, Vietnam! Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll.
1: Broadcasting from the star city of the south, Roanoke, virginia Welcome to the Jamie Lee Show. Hello, hello, hello. I right. Hope everyone's having a fine day today. Good morning, Vietnam, was the signature sign-on for the Adrian Cronauer's Dawn Busters Show on the Armed Forces Radio Network in Saigon. Robin Williams portrayed Adrian in the 1987 film. What a personality he brought to that role. We all miss him today. Some of you might not know that Adrian Cronauer is from Troutville, Virginia, which is my hometown and spent part of his radio career right here in Roanoke. I also want to reflect on my 10 years in radio and mention some of the best radio broadcasters I had the pleasure working with. Adrian Cronauer is the name many people associate with the movie Good Morning Vietnam, starring Robin Williams. The story of an Air Force radio announcer who used imagination and innovation to make more of a difference with his craft than his superiors felt they could tolerate. The real Adrian Cronauer, although he may not be as outrageous as the myth makes him, is a man whose talents and experience gave him a unique perspective on the Vietnam War. Cronauer was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. His father was a steelworker and his mother a teacher. He began his broadcasting career at the age of 12 as a semi-regular guest for a Pittsburgh area children's amateur hour. Cronauer attended the University of Pittsburgh, where he led a group that founded the school's first student radio station, which is now WPTS-FM. In the early 1960s, Cronauer chose to enlist instead of waiting on the draft. After Deliberating about entering flight training, which entailed a longer service commitment, Cronauer chose broadcasting and media operations, ultimately becoming a U.S. Air Force radio and television broadcast specialist. His service spanned the years from 1963 to 1967. He did his training in Texas and eventually rose to the rank of Sergeant E-4 at the time. While Kronauer is best known for his service in Vietnam, he began by working on training films and then was sent for a year and a half to the island of Crete in Greece. In 1965, he volunteered for a transfer to Vietnam because he wanted to travel. Upon arriving there, his first job was as news director for Armed Forces Radio in Saigon, But when the morning host slot became vacant shortly after his arrival, he took over the show, known as Don Buster, because it started at 6 a.m. He opened it with the greeting, Good Morning, Vietnam. In the late 1970s, while working as the classical morning host at WVWR in Roanoke, Virginia, which is now Virginia Tech's WVTF, Cronauer had an idea for a television sitcom that would be a blend of M.A.S.H. and WKRP in Cincinnati, which were two popular TV series of the era. In 1979, he tried to to sell a treatment of this idea, basing the story on his experiences in Vietnam, but without success. A few years later, he pitched a made-for-TV movie on the same theme, this time a friend's agent in Hollywood got the treatment into the TV movie on the same theme. This time, a friend's agent in Hollywood got the treatment into the hands of Robin Williams, who thought the idea was good enough to warrant a feature-length movie starring himself. However, according to Cronauer, a little of the film reflects his real life. Among other things, Kronauer was not a subversive person but a lifelong card-carrying Republican and later took an active role in both Bob Dole's unsuccessful 1996 presidential campaign and George W. Bush's successful 2004 presidential re-election campaign. Kronauer did teach English when off-duty in Saigon, but he did not teach swear words or New York street slang. He was never in a jeep that got hit by a landmine, but he did witness the bombing of a restaurant near the radio station. In a 2014 Military Times interview, Cronauer said, "If he had done some of what the movie said he did, I'd still be in Leavenworth." Adrian Cronauer died July 18, 2018, at a nursing home in Western Virginia at the age of 79. In broadcasting. Back in my day, you had to have a third-class broadcast operator permit to be on the air. Of course, it's not that way in today's world. But that broadcast certification that you had to take with the Federal Communications Commission, that examination was for a radio-telephone third-class operator permit with the endorsement to operate certain AM and FM broadcast radio stations. To obtain a permit, the applicants must successfully complete examination elements one and two. To obtain operating privileges at broadcast stations, the applicant must also complete examination element nine. Now, element one consists of basic law, provisions of laws, treaties, and regulations with which every operator should be familiar with and covered. Element two consisted of basic operation practice. Element 9, on the other hand, that material was based on the commission's rules and regulations and general information on broadcast operator duties. I passed Elements 1 and 2 in Charleston, West Virginia, and passed Element 9 in St. Louis, Missouri. I still have my broadcast license today, although this license doesn't mean anything today, like I mentioned earlier, since anyone can be on the air today. I started my radio career by taking a broadcasting course from the Career Academy of Broadcasting in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I met a professor at West Virginia University under the U.S. Army Project Ahead program, wanting to get my degree in broadcast journalism. While there, I was in the Army at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, and took courses at the University of Missouri and Drury College. Once those courses, I had to send back to WVU in Morgantown to get the professor's approval to make sure I didn't lose any credits. Well, I did that for two years. And then I uh, was post-narrator at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, during some graduation ceremonies, when the owner of KJPWKYSD Radio in Waynesville, Missouri, came up to me after one of my many narrations and asked me if I wanted to get into radio. By all means, that was my dream. So, of course, I accepted. I was a disc jockey there on weekend afternoons doing part-time employment while still serving our country. The format was country music. That radio station was signed on back in uh, May 1968 as KJPWFM. Station call letters changed to KYSD in 1969, along with the Top 40 format. By 1972, KYSD was programming country full-time, and that's when I met my morning drive personality, Rick Richmond, who taught me a little bit about country music. My next broadcasting uh, career started after I served our country and, and got out of the Army at WSGB Radio in Sutton, West Virginia. WSGB first went on the air on January 22, 1964, broadcasting from studios at 406 Main Street in downtown Sutton. The station, which had its same call letters its entire existence, was founded by Braxton Broadcasting Company. Company president Charles Erhard, Jr., also owned another station, WPME, which is now WECZ in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Earnhardt frequently used WSGB as a training ground for announcers, hoping to work at WPME. Earnhardt was proud of West Virginia's heritage, and as a reflection of this, made the John Denver song, Take Me Home Country Roads, which pays homage to the state of West Virginia as part of the station's daily sign-on message each morning. Center State Broadcasting in September 1976, that is, uh, took over the radio station. Bill Becker served as company president and general manager. Bill and Martha Becker worked at WVOW Radio in Logan, West Virginia, and uh, Bill hired me as the news director at WSGB. And just a couple notes that Bill and Martha Becker uh, were both inducted and to the West Virginia Broadcasters Hall of Fame. What a great couple and a great broadcast story that is with Bill and Martha. They contributed an awful lot in their local community of Logan. My next stop was at WKKW Radio in Clarksburg. I worked there from May 1977 through October 1978. This jockey uh, was on the air at uh, the 7 p.m. to midnight shift. Our format was... Modern country music and bluegrass. I also did uh, some combo radio sales, selling advertising in eight counties. Warren Riddlebarger was the general manager. I had a pleasure working with Chuck Warren, gentleman Jim Dorsey, who was doing the mornings in, and that's how I met my wife Terry Lynn. Then I moved on to WBUC radio in Buckhannon, West Virginia. Worked there from October 1978 to August 1983. Did mornings. The format was country music. And I was on the air from 6 a.m. until until 10 o'clock, working uh, Monday through Friday. And and I did Saturday mornings. And plus, I did a little play-by-play announcing for semi-pro baseball. Jay Newman helped install the communications equipment at Camp David for President Dwight Eisenhower, which... Was uh, something that was unusual uh, at the time, and uh, Terry Matthews was on the air. Worked with Terry, Ron Roth, Phil Phillips, Bruce Beam, and a lot of uh, a lot of great broadcasters. There we had a lot of a lot of fun. WBUC Radio had uh, its uh, beginning in 1958. In July of that year, uh, Jay Newman, a Signal Corps sergeant in the White House Army Signal uh, Agency filed for the station, and then Newman had built a complete armed forces radio station in India during World War II and had been bitten by the broadcasting bug. In July 1959, the FCC gave the grants for the 1,000-watt daytimer on 1460 kilohertz on the AM dial. Jay uh, grew up uh, 15 years in active military duty and moved his family to Buck Cannon to build the station. It was a shoestring operation that proves it can be done. WBUC signed on the air December 13, 1959, with a minimum of equipment, some of it built by uh, Jay Newman. The studios were in a large farmhouse. Newman and his family of five lived in one part, while the station occupied another part. It was handy for winter sign-on shifts, but it was crowded. WBUC has always encouraged young people interested in radio broadcasting during the first years The part-time people were generally talented high school students. And then in later years, WBUC staff conducted five adult education broadcasting classes in cooperation with the high school. My wife, Terry Lynn, taught those adult classes. The WBUC facility was used for hands-on training. Many of its graduates are still in broadcasting today, and four have become station owners or stockholders. In 1980, WBC moved its beautiful new building into a new building with about 2,500 square feet of office and studio space. It was located on Highway 33 and a half miles west of Buchanan. And that's uh, uh, where I did mornings uh, at that facility. In October 1986, Jay Newman sold the facility. Jay passed away February 27th. 1994 at the age of 70. He is buried in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Next stop on the board for me was at KJCK Radio in Junction City, Kansas. I was on the air there from August 1984 to August 1990. Was a disc jockey at a Top 40 rock station. Did weekend mornings, uh, which was part-time employment. Worked with Mark Ettinger and Larry Lay on the AM dial and uh, had a lot of fun there. Also worked with a guy by the name of um, James Phelps, uh, who was the Prince of Darkness on the air on the FM dial. And uh, KJCK-FM first went on the air in July 1965 as a simulcast of KJCK. That simulcast continued until the mid-1970s when the format split. The FM side continued with the Top 40 format while the AM eventually flipped the country. The station was known as Power 94.5 through the 1990s. It was also known for Stereo 94.5 and Hit Radio 94.5. That station serves the Junction City, Manhattan, Fort Riley area, as well as some portions of northern and central Kansas. KJCK-FM is one of the most powerful stations in Kansas. KJCK is also one of the oldest stations in Kansas. And... KJCK-FM is currently the most listened to radio station in the market. I got a little treat for you here. It's a, uh, it happened 37 years ago, back on November 24th, 1985. And this is one of my air checks that I recorded back then. So sit back and
0: enjoy and take a listen. Three minutes after 6 o'clock with Jamie. i will say outside right now, a little damp this morning. <laughs> a little damp last night. And, uh, mm, great tune. She believes in miracles, and I believe in the KKK. That's right. That's right, baby. I believe in the KKK, knuckles, knowledge, and cash. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and little animals gathered there by the radio. Here's my own close personal friend, a, a guy that uh, I hang out with on my off hours here at the plant... And, guy, that uh, probably pronounces the sports as well as anybody that we've ever had here at uh, Hit Radio 94. We've got the sports. We lie the least. Here's my own close personal friend, Larry, uh, laid on the (laughs) mountain (laughs)
2: leg. I don't know if I want to follow that (laughs) introduction or not.
0: And now, with the Mid America weather, here are Stereo 94's Wendy Love.
2: Thank you, Jamie Lee. And good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Your forecast for Junction City in Manhattan for today, increasing cloudiness with the highs of 55 to 60 degrees. Tonight, mostly cloudy, a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms later on tonight, with the lows in the low to mid 40s. Tomorrow, Monday, mostly cloudy, a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms and the highs of 55 to 60. Currently outside our studios this Sunday morning in Junction City, we have plenty of sunshine and 42 degrees. And now let's go back to the Jamie Lee show this Sunday morning as Jamie takes you into the amazing world. Today, the amazing world of the disc jockey.
0: Oh, I can't wait. Yes,
2: Jamie. It is a fact that the average DJ only works four hours a day, but worries the other 20 hours, hours long, he'll be working only four hours a day. Thank you, Wendy. You're welcome, Jamie. Do you worry? I beg your pardon? Do you worry? No, Jamie, I don't worry. I figure whether thou goest, so do I.
0: Saxophone for Mr. David Foster. Love theme from St. Elmo's Fire. 28 minutes after 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning with Jamie. Good morning to you, gang. So good to have you board with us. So good to see your bright eyes and smiling faces as we roll back to the year 1979 as we remember that year in the best of Orleans. Love, well... Sometimes love takes a little time, which brings us to our thought for today. Modesty is the only sure bait when you angle for praise. My, 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 my! I saw a dream go in her eye. Got your headphones on? We're gonna blow you away. I got my first
2: real six-string. fingers
0: was a summer of 69 Boy, I tell you what, I am so glad I'm so glad that I finally got into construction work You know, through the wig, that's what we do We do construction work through the wig, here it truly does I finally I finally bridged the gap between my shoulders Boy, am I happy What the world was that? Very, very strange bird there. I bet you it's a honker. I bet you it's a honker flying backwards to its home over at Fort Riley, huh? huh? <laughs> Gotta be. It couldn't be a whooper. You know, it's the season for birds. With Turkey Day this Thursday, we have uh, we have two ducks at home one blue one black and when our blue duck goes quack 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 our black duck quickly quack quacks back the quacks blue quacks make her quite a quacker but black is a quicker quacker backer yeah he's a uh, you might say he's the leader of the packer it's really quite easy for me I just look in my mirror and see what I say, and and then I just say what I see.
1: (laughs) Well, what'd you think? Boy, does that go back a few years. 37 years, uh, to be a matter of fact. This wraps up our podcast, uh, gang. If you enjoyed today's show, click the button below the episode page on my website. Thanks for listening, and please send me your comments, because... The best day of my life is right here with
0: you.